We'll get going in three, two, one. Before we get too far into the episode, I need to clear something up for all of you folks in the BAM fam listening. The reason that you listen to the show, Bryant Caves, will not be on this episode. So um, I've taken all of the appeal of our show and I've completely removed it from the conversation. Fortunately, though, somebody that I think you'll like, I know you'll like because I like him. He's also been on the show before is ryan not bryant but ryan listen carefully for the t at the end if you don't hear the t it means they're talking to ryan but ryan welcome back to ryan and me the yeah. second episode <laughs> uh, right how uh, first thank you so much for you know i i put my arm up and i tapped the right arm i i wanted a righty out of the bullpen it was at last second too you know bases were loaded a lot was on the line and we need to bring somebody in because the starting pitcher, I'm losing this really quickly because um, <laughs> he, he didn't. Brian had some stuff going on. Hopefully everything is good for Bryant and his wife, Alyssa. Um, Brian is taking care of his sick wife, which is admirable. And there's no way that I would ever fault Bryant for doing that. So Alyssa, please feel 100% better. Uh, Ryan, welcome yes. back to the show. How does it feel being now in the repeat guest club? on Bryant and me. You know, I feel like I'm in an elite group of people and, mm. uh, and I, and mm. I hope I sincerely hope that my, uh, complete, just not ability to talk about soccer in a really deep way does yeah. not somehow ruin this for everybody, but maybe everyone can laugh at my, at my not knowing everything <sighs> that I should maybe know <laughs> as a fan it's been, in general. It's been three and a half years. Yeah. Four and a half years we've been doing the show actually now. We started in like 2019. So carry the yeah, four and a half years. Almost oh, three and a half years. Oh my lord. We've been doing the show three and a half years. No one has ever said to us, you know what? I love listening to your show because of the in-depth soccer conversation. <laughs> so, right, if anything, you're right on level. Um, awesome. the only thing that people might miss is the is the singing um or the Simpsons references. I know Felix will miss the Simpsons references. Because Bryant is an encyclopedia for that kind of stuff. Um, but it's okay. We're still going to have a great time. Uh, we're not going to change anything we're going to talk about. And actually, we're going to add a little bit. Um, this whole episode, we've been off for a few weeks just because uh, we uh, have like basketball going on. I've been writing a ton. I've been traveling. I've been very busy with that. Um, Brian too, with the soccer season starting, he's been helping out with Mint City Collective down in Charlotte. He's been making friends, um, all that great stuff. Our schedules just really have not aligned very well. So this episode is kind of like a kickstart. Like, hey, we're getting back into the groove because NWSL starts this uh, this week, especially Chicago. It's the only team we care about. Chicago starts this week, and we've got. Um, some special stuff in this episode where we're going to bring in an actual expert to talk about the red stars. So you don't have to hear um, me stumble through trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So we'll get more into that once the show starts, but um, Ryan, thank you for, so much for being on the show. It is an elite group. I'm trying to think of all the people we've had on multiple times and it's, um, it's a handful of folks 
but uh, it, it is an elite group because if people keep coming back, uh, either you're like Robbie Rogers, who we can't get rid of, um, <laughs> or you're like G, who is just great. We love talking to G. Um, also, Ty Phillips, which is completely random. The crew's like liaison for supporters and community uh, things. He's been on here twice. Why? I don't know. Jeremy Holland from Chris. He's been on here a few times. It is a pretty, it is a pretty good group. Um, if I've missed any multiple guests, that is um, uh, totally on me. And I apologize. Completely not intentional. It's not intentional whatsoever. Um, so let's go ahead and, and we'll get started with the show because I, I want us to get to the good stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us and um, wish Bryant and Alyssa well. Yes. Welcome, boys and girls, to Bryant and Me. We're a podcast where we talk about soccer and other things. Other podcasty things. Welcome to the show. We're here to talk the start of the NWSL season. Pretty excited about that so that's gonna not a one-track mind we have other things we're gonna talk about but we're gonna hit into chicago pretty heavily here um in this episode just because the season has begun we're ready to go and we're um, sick of not watching the chicago soccer athletes so we're gonna start with that but we've got other stuff going on too we're gonna discuss a little bit about the uh mls all-star game not breaking down all the excitement or whatnot we're going to talk about who is coming over from overseas, and then uh, we're going to share our opinions on what we think about it, because isn't that what we do on podcasts? And then we're going to have a little uh, new segment with our special guest, uh, yes, Ryan. He is going to have an F1 update for everybody. If you haven't gotten to F1, what are you doing? Because you haven't watched Drive to Survive yet. Ryan is an F1 OG. Before Netflix documentaries, back when Lewis Hamilton was just a little, just a little guy, uh, Ryan's been watching for a very long time. So he's going to give us the four one one, the four one F one on what's going on in the start of the season. I think we should just call that segment now the four one F one. I like that. I like that. It works. Thank you. Four one F one. Off the top of my head, four one F one. Four one one. I'm overanalyzing it. We're just going to keep it a four one F one. I'm not going to think about it anymore. <laughs> We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the Premier League because Ryan is a, uh, I used to say Chelsea, but they got sold. So now it's Chelsea. He's a Chelsea fan. And they're going to, uh, they're having a season similar to Liverpool. So we'll talk about that. Also, Brian's not here, but we will discuss what happened with Tottenham women. Um, give you a little hint, Liverpool broke them. So we're going to talk through that. And yeah, we also have a special, this is the special part of the Red Stars that we're going to get right into the season, is that we have none other than the Red Stars report throughout the season going to provide us with some um, with some game previews, with some information about how the Red Stars are doing, with information about the teams that they're going up against. Uh, unfortunately, because of the time that Brian Me records, and the time that Logan works, who is running the Red Stars report um, accounts on the internets, the way that the schedules work together, they don't work at all because he's working like third shift and we record this at night. So uh, we kind of met in the middle. He's going to provide us some pre-recorded 
previews. And that's really awesome because you've been listening to us, like we said, three and a half years, um, try to uh, feign some type of expertise in, in soccer. But now we actually have somebody whose sole focus is breaking down the Red Stars. So you're going to hear the first one tonight as we talk about the Red Stars. Um, but first things first, before we get into the soccer, before we get into how we think the season's going to go, before we get into uh, players and all that great stuff, Ryan, I, I need to ask you a very important question. Have you seen the Chicago Red Stars New Jersey that they dropped? No, but the way that you asked that question makes me really regret having not seen it. Is this well, I'm a... Gonna... I'm going to give you, um, I, I'm going to copy an image on my computer and then I'm going to paste it into the chat. And then you're going to look at the picture uh, if it allows me to do so. It's, <laughs> I'm a little biased. I think it's fire. I think it's an amazing kit. Um, it's loading for you right now. And also in this uh, picture, I actually, chosen one with Tatum Malazzo. And while that loads, I might as well remind everybody that Tatum Malazzo made a horrible decision and decided to record with us a few weeks back. That was actually our last episode was a Tatum Malazzo interview special. That episode in four days became our highest listened to episode ever in our show's three and a half year history. It is a, an awesome interview. Tatum is fantastic um really fun chat we talked about soccer and we talked about a lot of non-soccer things which uh, we think is the best kind of interviews that we can do so we had a blast talking with Tatum and I really hope that you um if you haven't listened to it what are you doing and if you have listen to it again um to get yourself prepared for the season because there's a lot of good stuff even kind of behind the scenes stuff of how things have improved for the Chicago soccer athletes as they're waiting for their awful owner to sell the team uh, because they definitely should but things are improving behind the scenes which is fantastic um so ryan i i think i've stalled enough what do you feel <laughs> what, no, it i'm looks sorry great i've hyped enough what do you think about the jersey no i think i think it's fantastic it looks really really good um mm. i like the i like the black design like that's really nice that's great i think they uh they knocked it out of the park on this one. That's that's pretty awesome. That that might be my favorite new kid I've seen in maybe a few years. That's yeah, it's really good. <laughs> they usually don't do a bad job of of kits, but it's just like this one is the best one that I've seen. This is the uh, it's awesome. I, I don't know how else to yeah. explain it. It's uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, duh. It's a black jersey. It's got the the red stars in the middle, but also the whole thing is black. But then there's kind of silver grayish stars in a pattern up above the entire like chest of and actually underneath it too. Picture I sent you, it doesn't show the full uh, jersey. But yeah, it's um, it's a thing of beauty. And for folks who are new to Brian, me, maybe you're listening just because we have that Tamalaza special. We have been kind of on a... um, not like a we're not not watching the red stars or anything we're we're kind of on a strike of giving any money just because we don't like the whole 
Arnhem owning the team and supporting with financial stuff. And even for a while, engagement on Twitter, we wouldn't use the hashtag. We wouldn't use their social media account. We were just trying like, you don't want to give you anything that you, you know, helps you guys look better. Um, this kit though, whew, I, I didn't buy one initially. Maybe it was because they didn't have the size that I wanted right away, but I was, um, I almost went for it. I almost went for it. And I, if anybody else was like us and they're like, I'm not going to give any money until the owner changes. I would not judge you if you bought this Jersey. I would not judge you at all because this thing yeah. um, is a work of art is a work of art. Yeah. I uh, have to agree. have to agree. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. This looks fantastic. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> the, the visual, the visual gag of the, uh, of the audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, everyone know, should right? look like, at it. It's really good. Doesn't it sound like it looks really great? Uh, so we're <laughs> going to talk about uh, the season now. We're going to talk about the Red Stars this year. And uh, Logan will share some more from the Red Stars report. But um, before that, I, I do just want to, in general, talk about the year. Now, Ryan, let's update folks on your on your experience with the NWSL. I was at the first game you ever went to, probably the first game you watched, right? You went to the NWSL championship game. Was that 2021? Yes, I believe Yeah, 2021, so. because the Red Stars were in it um, mm-hmm. against the Washington Spirit. And we yep. went there. Um, we're not going to go through everything with Mike Slutson. Um, we're just- <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we love you. Um, but that was your first experience with it. So I definitely understand if like, A lot of the stuff is new, but I'm going to kind of use it as a way to teach you about the team to get you hyped for this season, because I really think that um, uh, of all the excitement that's happening in the league, uh, I'll give you some examples like Kansas City. They're called the Kansas City Current, two NWSL kind of um, legends who played for Chicago. Both of them left for Kansas City in the offseason, which no ill will because they didn't free agency. This is the first year of NWSL free agency. So a lot of players were like, I can go wherever I want. I don't have to be, you know, held down to one place. Uh, So I can't get too mad. Oh, actually for you, right. Whenever you have somebody who plays for your team and then they leave and they go to like a potential rival, what's your thought process? How do you feel about said athlete after that? So actually that happened to me recently. Uh, So Mm -hmm. Jorginho uh, from Chelsea uh, left oh, to go to geez. Arsenal of all places. Um, and if you're following the premier league, you already know that's that hurts. Um, <laughs> but anyway, th- th- it's, it's rough. Like it's hard to watch him because like, I even have a Jersey with the guy's name on it. Um, like loved watching him. I thought he like, he, he was, he's an amazing midfielder. I, I thought he was great. Uh, I do think Enzo Fernandez is better, but either way, uh, it, he's really good. But watching him play for Arsenal feels bad. It just feels bad. And then he got a goal in his first couple games. And it was like, how did you did you? Okay. Anyway, um, again, if you know Chelsea's season so far, you know how much that hurt. Yeah. So, no, it's it's a weird thing. Like, if you've rooted for a player for a really long time on a team and they're suddenly in a different jersey, they're in a competitor, competing team, it doesn't feel great. Uh, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it much. (laughs) I guess that's my feeling on it. It's awful. And um, I do support them just for the free agency side. Hey, go wherever you want to go. But I mean, like Vanessa DiBernardo, she is a midfielder um, slash wing. She plays in the wings sometimes too, an offensive minded midfielder. Let's put it that way. And she was Chicago through and through like from Illinois played 
with the Red Stars, was the captain for years and years and years. And then Mo Gatro, formerly Mo Bryan, she was a U.S. national team World Cup champion, a really strong defensive holding midfielder, can also facilitate. She's, um, as a crew fan, kind of like a Darlington Nagby type player. She's amazing. Uh, both of them went to the current, and they were announced on the same day. And it was just like multiple stab wounds just watching them both go to the same team which kansas city and chicago geographically it's it's the closest rivalry that they've got and kansas city has just been stacking up they had a they picked up a player named dabinia who played for the courage and she has a single name so you know she's brazilian and she's really frigging good um so kansas city has just been stacking up the players all off season and they look like a super team they look like a team that's just gonna mow over um other sides so kansas city's been kind of the attention that everyone's been giving around the league um this year is kind of a year of reckoning because i'm sure you know even if you're not watching every match and i mean we don't watch every match but uh even if you're from the outside looking in of nwsl fandom it's been a tough few years just from the off-field stuff there's been a lot of weeds that have been pulled from the garden. And hopefully this is the year where there's actually something blooming and it's not going to be wrapped and uh, choked and killed by the weeds. I think one of the larger weeds still left is Arnhem not selling the team. He's in the process. They're going through uh, all that stuff. But um, I would love if they announced some sort of ownership change here soon. However, I, I think this year... If all that stuff goes out of the way, plus you have the Women's World Cup this year, this could be arguably the biggest NWSL season in history. This could be, it's 11, yeah, 11th year now. Um, this could be the best year uh, for for this league. And it's, it's pretty exciting. Portland brings a lot of good people back. Um, but the World Cup, too, will kind of throw a monkey wrench into everything because you're losing a lot of players during the summer because they'll keep, they'll keep trucking. They'll like, they'll keep playing matches throughout the summer just because of how the calendar works and all that. Um, so those are kind of the big storylines, Kansas city, the world cup, all the off field issues. Hopefully those are knock on wood going away. Um, I want to talk about Chicago. So Chicago red stars, they still have some players from when we went to watch the match. Um, although she wasn't playing, she was injured at the time. Uh, their goalkeeper is a listener. You know who a listener is, right? Okay. Yeah. Listener, yeah. World Cup goalkeeper. Um, she's fantastic. And she went to Penn State as a little bonus. She's the goalkeeper <laughs> for the Red Stars. Uh, Tierna Davidson, another U.S. national team player. Um, Casey Kruger, another U.S. national team player. Those two both play defense, center back, and fullback, respectively. But outside of that, it is a uh, and Yuki Nagasato. She's also a former Japanese um, international. She plays up in the midfield. But other than that, it's a pretty young team. It's a pretty young side. I mean, Mallory Pugh, she's the best player I'd probably say in the United States pool right now. Um, although you wouldn't know that from looking at the Guardians' top 100 female footballers because you have to play in Europe for the Guardian to think yeah. that you're uh, worth anything. Mallory Pugh is insane. If anyone watches She Believes Cup, you know that Mallory Pugh is insane. Um, she, and her husband, she got married last year, and her husband plays for Chicago. He got traded, or he 
he signed there in free agency this year. So Mallory is actually probably going to stay for a while, which is really good. Um, but from there, when you look past the international experience of players with that vast experience, it is a team of really young players like Tatum Malazzo is going into her third season. Uh, we interviewed her, but she's a fullback who should be on the U.S. national team. Hopefully, uh, maybe with the World Cup, it, you're not going to bring in a lot of new blood for the World Cup year just because you're trying to get, you know, your bearings straight and all that. But after the World Cup, if you don't call her up, Flacco, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Um, we also have Bianca St. George. You talk about Bianca St. George. She's a former uh, guest on the show. She's a, a fullback who is on the kind of the edge of Canadian national team. Maybe if she has a really strong start this season, she'll be somebody who's going to the World Cup also. Um, and, and other than that, we have uh, Ella Stevens, Amanda Kowalski. There, there's a lot of younger players that are making an impact. Chicago wasn't bad last year. They had they were kind of on the fringe of the playoffs, didn't have the best end to the season. But I, I think this year could be could be different. Maybe that's just the hopeful fan in me, probably the hopeful fan in me, but they've brought in maybe not the biggest names. They've brought in um, some rookies. They brought in two Penn State players. So now that's three Penn State players in the roster. And I we started calling them Penn State West or Penn State Bridgeview Campus, however you want to call it. Um, I, I think, Ryan, if you, you have, you probably have Paramount Plus, right? Yes. And, and, also, I've watched a bunch of NWSL and oh, international oh. women's soccer. No, you're good. Um, so a lot of the players that you're mentioning, I've, I've been watching. So um, actually, mm. one of Allie's close friends that lives around here is a former soccer player that I went to high school with. And so we every now and then will message back and forth on Instagram when it's like a women's international team game. So, yeah, oh, definitely watch awesome. them. Um, Who does she root I mean, for honestly, in the NWSL? NWSL Chicago Red Stars because when I started getting into soccer, which you know, admittedly, as I said at the in the pre-show, or, or hopefully if Thomas kept it in, he probably did. Uh, that I don't know as much as Bryant or Thomas, like by a long way. <laughs> but when I started getting into soccer, uh, it was like I, you know I was kind of listening to what you guys were saying, so I just naturally went for the Red Stars. So I am by by osmosis just happened to be a red stars fan that's that's basically what that is <laughs> oh man okay well on may 19th that's two days after the blink 182 concert that we're going to um if you want to go down to louisville kentucky um we're gonna go down and see chicago play louisville we got brian there so it'll be ryan brian and me um brian lenoy not bryant remember listen for the t no tea at the end. So Ryan, Brian, and Tom. If you want to come down, um, I think I would bring my oldest with me. I think she's down to go there. Um, maybe, you know, talk to Tatum in person. Thank her for uh, spending time with us in person. Maybe get the uh, my daughter some autographs or something like that. So you should go to a match. And I'm sorry that I doubted you. I'm sorry that I doubted. <laughs> Your knowledge. It's, it's all good. Things. We we don't talk about NWSL when we're when we're together. We talk about music. If, for anybody who yeah, doesn't know, we have another true. podcast where we talk about the show, the concerts we go what? to. We it's do? a thing. Um, oh. 
So this is a that. constant thing. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. So, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, what concerts we're going to and what events we're, we're, are coming up. And we talk about the crew and we talk about Premier League because we are fans of different teams and sometimes they play each other. So, yeah, I mean, we just don't talk about the NWSL all that much. But yes, I do. Well, watch. it's also been off season, too, since we That's started true. recording. That's true. So I, I think I, I'm going to challenge you, Ryan, um, yes. to watch watch some matches here. Um, the oh, first one on Saturday is at 10 o'clock Eastern time. AM? Dang. PM. PM. What? Because <laughs> they That's are so in late. San Diego. Int- okay. All right. That's so, so late. West Coast trip to start the season. They're going yeah. out to San Diego, which looking at uh, the internets, it is potentially going to be the highest selling NWSL season opener in history. I think they're sell, awesome. selling about 26,000 tickets to this match so far. So it is Dude, going to be wow. turned up, turned up. Um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. They're going to be playing against the uh, San Diego wave who have the best logo. I think in all of NWSL, I love the logo so much, although their jerseys are awful, plain white t-shirt, Plain blue T-shirt, slap the logo on it. They're the worst. Um, there are many players who play for the Wave, but I'm going to call out two players. The first one is Danny Colaprico. In the free agency, I was going to say free agency Wave, but it just sounds like a bad pun. I wasn't even trying to go for that. In the free agency surge, there we go. Um, shout out to the 90s if you're a pop drinker in the 90s. Surge was all the rage. Did you drink Surge? I know you drank Surge, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. I thought I was absolutely drinking Surge. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be up so late after drinking Surge. It was like an edgy Mountain Dew before Mountain Dew got super, you know, BMX and extreme sports edgy and everything like that. Um, <laughs> I digress. Also, real quick thing about San Diego Wave. My favorite NWSL player, and probably a lot of people's favorite NWSL player, let's just be honest, is Alex Morgan. And oh, she's on that team. I've, I've heard of her. I, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a big fan. I think she's fantastic. She seems seems like a good person too. But yeah. Um, that was yeah, the second uh, player no, I was going to talk great. about. Danny Colaprico yeah. is the one who came from Chicago. That was the first player I was going to mention. She is a member of the BAM fam. She was the first Chicago Red Star we ever interviewed was Danny That's Colaprico awesome. with uh, Keelia Watt, who is a free agent. A lot of stuff in limbo there with her. But um I have a Danny Colaprico jersey. Shout out to John Corleone, Corleone for sending me. Um, he won this at a Washington Spirit game. He won this like prize pack and it had a jersey in it. He's like, I'm not a Chicago fan. So after we interviewed Danny Colaprico and Keely, he's like, hey, what's your address? I'm going to send you something. He sent me like an NWSL jersey, a Danny Colaprico jersey. So I have one. Um, still love Danny. She is uh, more of that like that physical midfielder <laughs> the one who's not afraid to go in for a tackle or two gets a lot of fouls called away uh from jersey also danny is uh, the complete package when it comes to that if you love that kind of player danny is the player for you but now she's going up against the red stars former rookie of the year with the red stars now playing against her former team that's painful that's painful so it's not even like there's time before Red Star fans can, you know, <laughs> absorb this and kind of go into it with a little more of a level head. First, First game week, of the season. <laughs> boom. 
you're playing yeah. against one of your favorite players and it, it, <laughs> it really sucks there were so many midfielders gone ryan um that at a certain point we thought they're going to have a promotion for um uh first first five people in attendance get to play midfield that game like that's how bad <laughs> we thought it was going to be but after talking with tatum um she mentioned how there have been a lot of players who haven't been able to play because of the midfield players that they had before and they've been itching they've been hungry so uh saturday night buffet's opening uh bring your bib line your yeah. pockets uh let's go let's go i'm I'm pretty pumped. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to have my coffee. I have to cover a sweet 16 game before that. And maybe mm. I'll be in Seattle. I don't think I'm going to be, but <laughs> I might be in Seattle for it, which means if I was there, the soccer game starts at seven. So I hey. Would, <laughs> hey, I'd be much better off. Um, I mentioned earlier, we're going to have Logan from Red Stars report sharing a little bit about this upcoming match. He's an expert on all things Red Stars. We act like we're experts. We don't act like we're experts. We're very open that we are not experts. So we want to get an expert point of view. So I'm going to send it over to uh, Logan and definitely not a pre-recorded video. I'm just kidding. I already told you it was. He's going to walk through what he sees this weekend between the Red Stars and the San Diego Wave. Hi, everyone. My name is LT. I'm the creator of Red Stars Report a social media page dedicated to the Chicago Red Stars, but also a community of passionate Red Stars fans across the country who love the club and work together to get the latest information out to fans. Uh, I was asked by Bryant um, and or Thomas, I still don't know which one I've been communicating with in my DMs, uh, to preview the matches for the Red Stars throughout the season for the BAM fam and anyone across the Red Stars community. There's a lot that has happened uh, surrounding this club in the last few years. Uh, and I won't be covering all of that today, but I will be starting with uh, a recap of how the club's offseason went in regards to the on-field progression. And then we'll preview the upcoming match against San Diego this Saturday at 9 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. So let's get started with uh, who departed this offseason. Forwards Rachel Hill and Sarah Luber both decided to leave Chicago after playing uh, vital roles as wingbacks last season. Zoe Morse, uh, who was the glue keeping the depleted back line together in 2022, also decided to uh, further her career elsewhere by signing with a club uh, in England. The most hard-hitting departures uh, were that of the club's captain, Vanessa DiBernardo, uh, U.S. Women's National Team midfield standout Morgan Gatra, and Danny Colaprico, uh, all leaving in the league's first year of free agency. These players leaving had been a shock to a lot of fans and came with a lot of pain uh, as all three were beloved by many in the community. Uh, we are incredibly happy for all these players who finally had the capability for the first time in their professional careers to decide where they want to play. And even though losing these players hurts, uh, we want nothing but the best uh, for them and for them to succeed in their clubs, both internationally and domestically. Now you might be saying to yourself, wow, that sounds like a lot of starting midfielders for the last two seasons. And uh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, you might say, but wait, Sarah Waldmo, uh, she was out on maternity leave. She'll be back, right? Um, unfortunately, uh, you'd be wrong. After her maternity leave, Sarah Waldmo has decided to retire from professional soccer. And we're incredibly excited to see Sarah and her growing family 
start their new adventure in life. That announcement did, however, leave the Chicago Red Stars midfield at a nice round zero. I'll get more into the solutions for the depleted midfield uh, in just a few minutes, but I first wanted to address another player that a lot of people have been asking questions about, and that would be free agent Clea Watt. Uh, we've been told that the club is in consistent communication with Kalia, but they are giving her as much time as she needs to make her decision after coming back to professional soccer following her recovery from an ACL injury and the birth of her child, Koa, during the offseason. Kalia is a player that a lot of people want to see back with the club, and the club seems eager to get her back as well, but we'll just have to wait further into the season to see uh, what kind of decision that she makes in her free agency. Now, who could the club possibly have signed to fill all of these holes left in the offseason? First, the club signed midfielder Addie McCain from the Kansas City Current. They also signed forward Jenna Bike from Gotham, acquired midfielder Kerry Ricaro from Angel City FC in a trade, and one of the biggest surprises was the signing of midfield Brazilian national Julia Bianchi to a two-year deal. The club also drafted four players in the 2023 NWSL draft, three of which have signed with the club. Those would be forwards Penelope Hocking, Ali Schlegel, as well as midfielder Sophie Jones. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of each and every single signing, but just know that the new front office has done a great job during this rebuilding process to fill the roster with quality players that people can be excited about. And I'm looking forward to seeing what these players can produce together on the field this year, especially after a time that a lot of people in the Red Stars community were quite worried about this offseason, how this roster was going to be filled out. Now, on to what everyone wants to know. What does this 2023 roster look like? And is it good? The club will start off the offseason with 22 rostered players. I'll do a little bit of breakdown right now. Uh, two goalkeepers, U.S. Women's National Team number one keeper, Alyssa Nair, who will be the captain of this year's squad, and returning veteran Emily Boyd. We have six defenders on the roster. The return of Casey Kruger from maternity leave and Tiana Davidson coming back from an ACL injury that kept her out all last season. These two will have a major impact on the back line. Uh, that struggled in areas after being so depleted by injuries last season. Fan favorite Tata Malazzo will also be returning to the back line after a year that saw her be named to the NWSL Best 11 second team. The other players rostered as defenders are co-captain Aaron Wright and Bianca St. George, uh, but both of these players will most likely see time in the starting 11 as wingbacks. Rounding out the bench of defenders, are Amanda Goose Kowalski, as well as Kayla Sharples, who unfortunately will start the season on the injury report. Now let's talk about the brand new midfield. Six midfielders are on this roster. The most likely starters in the midfield are newcomers Carrie Ricaro and Julia Bianchi. Ricaro was one of the better players on Angel City last year, having scored the club's first ever goal in the NWSL. And Bianchi has extensive championship experience in Brazil's domestic league and several appearances for that country's national team. This is a much better looking midfield than a lot of us had expected coming into this season, uh, but there's still a lot to prove on the field, but we're hopeful. 
filling out the rest of the midfield are second-year Red Stars Jill Aguilera and Sammy Fisher, as well as Addie McCain, who will start the season on the injury report, unfortunately, and newly signed non-roster invitee Taylor Malum. The club also has rookie Sophie Jones out of Duke, one of the best passers in collegiate soccer throughout her career. I'm excited to watch this midfield develop and hopefully prove a lot of analysts wrong who have been talking more about the defensive struggles that the club is going to go through than the midfield, which I think with Tarana Davidson and Casey Kruger returning and Tatum Malazzo shoring up that back line, I think the midfield is still the biggest question this offseason. As for the forwards, eight are listed on the roster. The most likely three starters will be a trio that we have saw several times last season in Mallory Swanson, formerly known as Mallory Pugh, Yuki Nagasato, and Ella Stevens. Sarah Griffith is back from her loan in Australia after a great run uh, with Newcastle, getting a lot of playing time and getting a lot of great experience as a starter. Australian national Chelsea Dauber had her loan recalled by the club, but then they sent her out on loan again to a club in Sweden. And Jenna Bike, who signed with the club from Gotham, will likely see time in substitution as a wingback and less as a forward. The club also signed both of their drafted forwards, Penelope Hawking and Ali Schlegel, both of them out of Penn State. Based on statements from Coach Petroselli, I expect both of these players to see some playing time this season in substitution on that front line or really anywhere because, as we know, uh, anybody plays any position on the Chicago Red Stars. <laughs> but that's something that could be really useful this season. A lot of players that have a lot of versatility and can play multiple positions, especially with a club that's trying to find their identity with a lot of new players and a team that is just trying to uh, go through a rebuild without going through a rebuild. Okay, so there's the entire roster. Now we can talk about Saturday, which would be the fourth time in history that the Chicago Red Stars are matched up with the San Diego Wave. Chicago lost all three of their matches in 2022 against the club, although all three were rather close matches, including one which knocked Chicago out of the playoffs in the first round. San Diego didn't do too much this offseason, but the matchup should be a little different from last year uh, with a relatively new look Red Stars club. Uh, the match will also see the returns of Danny Colaprico and Rachel Hill facing their former club, the Chicago Red Stars, after signing with the Wave in the offseason. So that's going to be very interesting to watch, especially with a crowd of 23,500 plus, which will be an NWSL record for a season opening match. You can watch the match on CBS Sports Network at 9 p.m. Central Time, and I will be live tweeting the match from at Red Stars Report on Twitter, and we will be doing post-match discussions with the community on the Red Stars Report Discord server. If you would like to join in on that fun, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Stars Report, and on top of our Twitter page, we have a pinned tweet with an invite link to our Discord server. You can join in our Discord server and meet some really great people who just love the Red Stars. And every single day we're discussing all aspects of the Red Stars and just women's soccer in general. And I know for a fact that Thomas is in that server. So if you want to talk to Thomas about the Red Stars, you should head on over there. Now I'll send it back over to Brian and me. 
uh, and whoever's hosting this episode because I saw that they uh, needed a, an emergency co-host and I didn't check with them to see who's actually hosting. And I will be back again next week with a more in-depth preview of the Red Stars home opener against Houston, unless Brian and Thomas fire me from what I'm going to be uh, calling an unpaid internship. Now I'm going to send it back to them, but just remember that Chicago is our kind of town and we love this club. See you, everybody. Red Stars Report, thank you so much for doing that. I can't wait for more of these throughout the season. I know I'm already smarter just from listening to one of those. So, Logan, I appreciate you. And hopefully our schedules can change where maybe we can have you on the show live um, so you can regret why you ever started talking with us. Uh, so I'm going to... Ryan, I... I I doubted you earlier. I have to admit, I'm sorry. I doubted you when it came to your knowledge of the NWSL. So we're going to do some predictions. We're going to do some predictions, all right? Um, I'm going to ask you who you think is going to win the league. I'm going to ask you who you think is going to be the MVP. Then I'm going to ask you, where do you think the Chicago Red Stars land? All right, so that's going to be how we're going to do this season preview. So first, where do you think the Chicago Red Stars are going to land? Do you think they're in the playoffs, out of the playoffs? What do you think? It's a good question. I'd say I'd say in. <gasps> All right. If it were me, I'd say in. You. Yeah. And I would say that probably Kansas City Current's going to be really high up there just because of the amount of money they're spending just because of the yeah. players they're getting. I don't know if, I mean, if I, if you think about other teams that have spent a bunch of money in the off season to acquire great talent and then completely squandered it and did horrible and then ended up in about the middle of the table. Not that I'm not that I'm bitter Chelsea. Are you getting um, through some the therapy right now for here? Maybe for a little free? bit. I'm talking <laughs> it out. Um, but no, I, I think that red stars will be, will be at least up there, but I do mm. think that Kansas city will probably be in the top two or three. Um, okay. it would be my guess. Um, I'd say probably Gotham will be pretty high. Um, uh, that's just Ooh, bad call. I guess based on previous years. Bad um, call. well, I know, I know, <laughs> I know that there's, there's weight there, but I'm unbiased. Um, oh, that's fair. Yeah. So I would say they'll probably be up there. Um, and then, you know, the typical ones that we've seen before, um, Orlando, San Diego, just because Morgan's there, I feel like they're going to be towards the top. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who would win it though. I, honestly, I, Oh, it's hard to, it's hard to, that's hard there. to say. That's hard to that's say. I mean, like I said, with what Kansas City's putting into it, that's, that's, that says a lot, tough. but I don't, I don't know. That could go a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season. And I mean, overall, I think soccer in the U S is seeing this really positive increase in attendance and attention. And yeah. I just think that that's going to continue to get better and better and better. So, you know, what does that do to the teams? What does that do to the money flowing into the teams? What does that do to players wanting to be in certain parts of the country? Like right yeah. now, uh, referencing our friend Bryant, um, obviously Charlotte is having a great time with, uh, with their, with their team right now, like yeah. having everything down least. there. I mean, the attendance is insane. 
the amount of excitement in that area for those matches. That's insane. Like all of that is really good. And I think that that stuff is just starting to happen more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Louis is new to it's St. Louis, right. That's new to the MLS this year. Right. See, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure I'm not saying the wrong city, but there's like, so many new cities in MLS. It's hard to keep track of them. It's fine. Uh, but I watched like a very brief little thing talking about them, you know, setting that team up and like building the stadium and going out and practicing and being part of the community and the amount of, you know, groundswell of support for that team is just incredible given that they don't, they didn't have a professional soccer team. So yeah. I, th- I think that the, it's just growing and growing and growing. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ted Lasso is also a very popular show, but I think that there's some things happening and I think that that's going to start to feed into, you know, what these teams are doing, who's getting on the teams, what kind of money they're getting, what their facilities look like. I think that's going to start to shift things around a little bit. Okay. Um, and I, I really think that this might be maybe the first year of really seeing a lot of, a, a lot of really hard shifting that way. Um, so I think ultimately, ultimately all that to say, I think it's hard to predict. Um, because you just don't know, like supporters can make a big difference. If you have a Mm -hmm. sellout crowd and they're all there to support you, even if you were the underdog for the match, you have a much higher possibility of winning. So the more people paying attention, I think the more of a shift we're going to see. Yeah. And NWSL can only help the more attendance and more eyes on it, especially like they kept growing, even though there was such a bad time of off field issues, you cannot have off field issues this year. You can't no. like you there. I'm sure that'll come up, but you need to, you need to, they need it, to be ended it, but, now. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least lately they've been saying, Hey, this came out. Here's their punishment. They've been announcing punishments and stuff. Keep doing it. Don't that when secrets are happening, that's when th- this stuff goes bad. Um, yep. So they need to nip this stuff in the bud this year. Uh, my picks last year, Kansas city and Portland made it to the championship. It's hard for me not to pick Kansas City or Portland again um, to make it to the championship. Kansas City, they brought in a lot of new people. The only thing I could see that hurting them is at the start of the season because they have so many new people. They have so much shifting. And they're especially, like, offensively especially. I think defensively, uh, goalkeeper, I think so they'll still be okay there. But offensively, there have just been a lot of changes there. Um we're going to have on uh, Brian, me, uh, Justin Horniker on here in a, a couple weeks. He is a Kansas City current expert. He was on last season. So we're going to talk to him, too, and see what he thinks about this year. But uh, I think that could mean a slow start. But by the end of the season, Kansas City has to be up there. They're definitely going to be up there. Um, and this is barring any, like, team shifting injuries, like stuff like that. Portland, they keep their core group together. And they've played together so much, and they've been so good for so many years. It's hard to pick against them. I'll put – it seems unoriginal. But I will put Portland back in the championship game because they beat the Kansas City Current in the semifinal because the Chicago Red Stars are going to be that other team in the NWSL championship because they're going to shock the world. They're going to shock the MFN world. And Vlatko is going to be bummed out whenever Tatum Malazzo is lifting the MLS or NW really bummed out if she's lifting the MLS cup, the NWSL championship. (laughs) He's like, man, why didn't I bring her to Australia? Because we needed somebody like that. We needed a hurricane 
to come with us down to Australia. Um, realistically, I think Chicago is a playoff team. It, but once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. It's really a, a toss-up once you get into playoff games. Um, I'm not as high up on Gotham because I think Gotham is the the fun. I would actually like cool to pick. withdraw my earlier statement and say, never mind, on Gotham, they'll probably be bottom of the table <laughs> like they were last year. I was thinking of a different team, which is North Carolina. No, that's uh, that's that's my bad. There's so, just no, for no. anybody out there listening that's like, I'm gonna tweet right like, now. Why the hell did he bring Ryan no. on here to talk about this <laughs> stuff? Um, there might be somebody on here who listens from Gotham that would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the wind out of the sail though, and okay. I think Gotham will be trash again. Um, the way that I <laughs> Gotham's ownership is not great, uh, yeah. I put them kind of in the, the polishing a turd category. Uh, they put a New Jersey on there. They they changed the colors. They changed the 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 branding of the team, but still feels a lot like the same team. Um, the same ownership. They have some great players. Uh, they have Mitch Purse. Uh, they have Mute Christy Mewis. So they don't have bad players. Um, and I mean, Ali Krieger. I can't go against Ali Krieger, former Penn Stater. Um, I can't go against them. But overall, just team wise, it's just kind of disgruntled maybe mark parsons coming in former portland coach he went over to um yeah he coached the netherlands internationally but then he left there after the euros after netherlands didn't perform that well so he's back oh wait no he's he's coaching in washington never mind he's coaching washington i i think washington could also be a team high up um in the league mvp uh, i'm gonna give it to mal Pugh. I think Mallory Pugh is going to win the MVP over Sophia Smith. And you can't choose wrong when you choose between those two right there. All right, we're going to go through, uh, we're just talking about MLS. We're going to talk about the All-Star game. If you folks have not seen, or if you don't care about MLS, which I totally get, Arsenal is going to be coming to America to play the MLS All-Stars in Washington, D.C., Ryan Lake, I know how you feel about Arsenal in general. Yeah. But how do you feel about them coming to America? What do you think about them playing in the MLS All-Star game? Well, uh, not great. Uh, I don't I, – I, okay, okay. Uh, level set. Miguel Arteta, what he has done with that team over the last couple of years is incredible. The turnaround he's made – the the way he's obviously guiding them and doing what he's doing he's obviously great like he what he has done in the past couple seasons puts him up there really high for me on on managers that i've watched or been part of watching those teams play he's he's fantastic however i also can't stand them and i don't want them to come over here but but here here's my here's my thing so I first also of can't all, stand them and hate everything that they're sta- that they stand for yeah, I don't. I don't like the Gunners. I just it's just a thing. It's like a personal thing. Um, no, I just not a fan. Uh, I I don't like their colors. I don't like their jerseys. I don't like the way they play really. But obviously, it's working for them. So whatever. I don't know. They have a cannon on their jersey. That's pretty sweet. I don't but, hate uh, Arsenal. I mean, it's a these, it's a lazy uh, as a Liverpool anyway. fan. For as a Liverpool fan, number one, and as an American, number two. Yeah. I don't care about all these London rivalries. Me and Brian get into it all the time. I'm like, he's like, oh, I hate Arsenal. Arsenal's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're from fucking Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> I'm from Canton, Ohio. Why do I care 
what's right. going on between Tottenham and Arsenal, or why do I care what's happening between Liverpool and Man United? I just became a fan like seven years, eight years ago. Well, nine years ago. God, time flies. Nine years ago. Like, why? Why do I? Why should I care as an American who has no weight in the game? But I understand, like, it's community, and you know, you have to hate them because everybody else hates them and stuff. But I, yep. I, I hate it's the supporters. Man, I hate like, some Man United fans. Yeah, but that's okay. I hate most. I just of them. hate. I just hate the people. I don't hate that they like Man United. I just right. It just so happens that they're a Man United fan, and I hated them before yeah. that. So that's- yeah, accurate. Uh, no, I have a back and forth with a mutual friend of ours all the time about Man United constantly. I posted a photo the other day. I was wearing a Chelsea hat, and he's like, "Throw, leave that thing on the hike with you." And I posted back, and I said, "No, there wasn't enough room with all the discarded Man United kit." Um, yeah, so it's the thing. There's rivalries. You get behind them. You you do the supporter thing and, and whatever. But you're you're right. Why do we care? Doesn't really matter. Either way, what Arsenal's going to do? First of all, let's just really briefly discuss the fact that all star games are stupid. Um, oh, oh, I don't like them. Um, and, and honestly, <laughs> just nine times out of ten, it ends up being just a parade of dumb things and no one really cares about the game and then they all go home but what's going to happen this year at least in my opinion is arsenal is going to come over here play their second string players it's going to be a close game arsenal is going to win anyway it's not going to matter and then they're going to go home um eh, i don't i don't think that's exciting i think that that's too easy to predict and i feel like miguel arteta is going to be going to come over here and he's going to be like hey every second string player go ahead and uh and that's going to be it and maybe if they have anybody on the injured list that's recovering, they'll play too. Like especially with the World Cup last year at the end yeah. of the calendar year, they're going to be giving players a rest this summer. I don't think you're going to have a lot. And and that's kind of been how it's been in past years. And MLS, they can shock some teams in these, in these competitions. But I I used to think the same way about mm-hmm. all-star competitions until I was reading. Uh, a book. I sound so smart. I was reading a book. No big deal. I was just reading it. You know, um, I was reading a book from Hanif Abdul-Rakib. He's a Columbus uh, guy. He writes about um, a lot of things within uh, like black culture with, you know, the good, the bad, everything involved in it. And he's just a, he's a gift writer. The dude's insane. I think it's, an, he writes essays. And I think it's from, uh, they, I forget the name of it. I think it's called, if they don't, they won't, they don't kill us until they kill us. I think that's the name of the book. I can't remember the name. I'll find it. But um, one of the chapters in there, and I felt very the same about American All-Star Games. Like, it's just stupid. It's just ridiculous. He talked about the NBA All-Star Game, which my, I myself have always been like, gosh, I hate the NBA. So there's no defense. It's just blah, 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 blah. And I would complain about it. Um, but then he wrote a chapter in a book. And he was just like, you know what? It, it's not It's not for you. Like, it's just the All-Star game is not for you. It's for the athletes. So if the athletes are, they can't kill us until they kill us. So if the athletes are enjoying it and if they're having fun with it, and if they're not, you know, going at it 100%, guess what? It's not for you. It's for them. MLS, oh, MLS All-Star game, any All-Star game too. The leagues are trying to make money. I'm never going to buy an MLS all-star jersey. I'm never going to buy an MLS all-star scarf. If they come to Columbus, I'll buy something just because I'm a sucker for 
buying anything from special events that I go to. I just need to have like something. You've been to concerts with me. I'm buying a concert t-shirt at every damn concert I go to. Um, Same idea with the All-Star game. But honestly, like, I just, after reading that chapter, I went from being against them vehemently to just like, you know what? I just don't care. It's fine. Go ahead and do it. Have fun. It doesn't bother me. There's some things in life that, you know, I just can't get upset about. That was one of the things I've chosen not get upset about is all-star games. So MLS all-stars, you have, you have fun. I'm not going to watch. I don't care who wins. None of that concerns me, but if you all have fun, if you enjoy it, then go for it. It's all for you. It's all for you. That's all I got to say about that. I'm basically on the same boat. It's not that I actively hate them. It's just that I actively don't care. Yeah, um, there you go. That's basically where I'm at with it. it it's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't end up being a very exciting thing for me. So, no. meh. but like you said, if it was in Columbus, just like if the world cup had decided to, to uh, come down from their high horses and play one of the games in you know, lower.com. Um, yeah. yeah. Which they didn't do. Cause I don't know uh brand new soccer based facility, but let's not play there. Uh, anyway. They can't sell enough Dumb. tickets, Ryan. You got to sell know, enough tickets. Stupid. It's stupid. Make it a lower, like make it teams that no one really cares about. It's fine. Oh, um, oh stop. Yeah. It. It's yeah. Whatever. Oh. So, but all of that, um, if I was, if I was going to it, if I went to an all-star game, I'd probably get a scar for something, but right. yeah, like I'm not getting on the, I'm not going to uh, stay up late to watch the match. No, like, and I have it would go in my closet. The scarf would go in my closet and sit on yep. a pile of scarves that I have in my closet. And every once in a while, I'll open my closet, and be like, "Oh, I went to that. Why did I buy that scarf?" That's usually what happens. I don't get attached to stuff like that, though. Like I get these things to remember the moment, but then I just like I I lose my I lose my connection to it pretty quickly. Um, MLS All Star Game, great. Oh, we're going to talk about the crew for five seconds. We don't have to talk about Charlotte FC because Brian's not here. Thank God, because Charlotte FC is worse than Columbus. And that's saying a lot right now. Uh, Columbus, um, they're not doing fantastic. They just lost two to one to the uh, Red Bulls of New York. And this weekend, they will be without Milos Degenek. They will be without Aloy Room. They will be without Cucho. They will be without Lucas Zellerayan against Atlanta United. It's going to be a match. I'm not going to be there um, on Saturday just because I'm covering the Sweet 16. Maybe from Seattle. Fingers crossed. Probably not. Uh, I'll be covering it from my home. But, um, yeah, crew have not been great. I haven't gone to a crew match yet. It's so weird. Since I left Massive Report, um, this just weight has been lifted. I did finally buy the MLS season pass on Apple TV. I bought it. And then 20 minutes into the Red Bull match, like the Columbus was up 20 minutes in. I was like, you know what? I'm sick of watching sports. And I turned on Shaun of the Dead. So I've, I've paid $80 to watch 20 minutes of soccer so far out of four matches. So I'm really getting bang for my buck. Um, Ryan, how much have you watched this season so far? Inquiring uh, minds want to know one match and one half um yeah hey. I, I haven't i haven't caught them all uh obviously but uh, i did watch one of the historic uh crew matches from uh, i believe 2015 i watched one from there that they happen to have is in that against montreal season. yes, yes in the playoffs 
Yep. Oh, yeah. did you watch the whole thing? Cedric Mabwati, the past to Kai Kamara. Oh, uh, I watched like half. Don't give away the ending, crew fans. If you listen, I know, don't right? give away the ending. Because <laughs> um, I haven't been a fan that long. Don't judge me. Um, that game was awesome, by the way. I'm so mad I didn't go to it. So mad I didn't go to that one. Sorry, continue. You're good. So th- that is, you know, like you, I bought the season pass. And uh, I, what I've been enjoying the most about that, though, even though I haven't watched really all that many games, is that little like uh, back and forth thing that they do that 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 show where they basically bounce around the different games. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Oh, uh, the uh, 360 or wrap up. Yes. Yeah, that. Uh, but it's awesome. I mean, you can literally turn that on and it just ba- they bounce around to different games. Uh, it's really fun, like hearing them talk about it and everything. Uh, that was really cool. I, I'm liking how Apple's putting things together. I, I think that they're doing a really good job, which they did not do with MLB Friday nights. Um, but only getting one game on a Friday is so different than having a league. I, I get it. But I'm, what I mean is like the, the actual time spent, the people that they got to do it, the, the way that they That's put fair. up the scores like that, all that stuff is are decisions that have to be made. I just think they made a lot of really bad ones with the MLB version, but MLS wise, I think they're doing a lot of really good things. Um, I, I'm glad to see it. And I hope that this stuff happens more because not having blackout restrictions, being able to watch any game I want to, having consistency, being able to watch things around the league without being restricted in some dumb way like MLB and everybody else does is great. I love it. I hope that they buy Premier League rights and Champions League rights and I can just do it all in one spot. I would be very, very happy about that. That would be great. Um, I, I think it is tough for the casual fan just talk about Apple TV for a minute. It is tough for a casual fan because it's not, um, if you're not already immersed in it, like I've, I drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, I've got the Apple watch, the iPhone, the, the, I'm, I'm using a, a MacBook air right now. I've got Apple TVs in both of my rooms, uh, that we have a television in. Um, so, I mean, like it's, it's inundated every technological piece of our lives. It's just, I'm using AirPods to listen to you talk right now. So it was easy for us. Like, oh, this is great. But Amy, who does not care about sports, but she is probably close to the, like, not, she's not even a casual fan. She knows that sports exist just because I am an idiot and I love them so much. Um, Even she, the other day, she was like, oh, it's only on Apple TV. I feel like not as many people are going to watch it now, <laughs> right? It's like, that's pretty, that's some wisdom right there because a lot of folks, I'm sure, I'm sure Apple has gotten a lot of people to subscribe. I'm sure they've gotten a lot of new people to come in, which is the goal. We get it, but I would like to know they're a business. They're a huge business. They forecasted how much, they think people are signing, going to sign up for it. I would love to know where they're at. I would love to know how close they are to that, which is probably proprietary, which is probably not going to be maybe whenever they do like annual reports, they'll tell you how many people signed up. But what they won't tell you is if they didn't meet the level they thought it would get to. And I would love to know that maybe as the season goes on, I think stuff like um, good matches is always going to help. I think the league's cup that they're doing this summer it's a money grab. It's preparing for the world cup. I get it, but I want to watch club America come to Columbus. I think that's awesome. I think watching league MX teams and MLS teams 
is a lot of fun. I think that'll be great. Um, time will tell, but I, I think for the average fan, Apple TV is just not conducive to them. Like if they were watching it on Bally Sports before, if they were watching it on their local TV, and now they have to pay twelve ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine a month for it. Uh, like people already complain now. I have too many streaming services. I'm paying for too many. It's like I have cable. Um, it's pretty much how much you're paying now is like you have cable if you have all these streamings. People, I think people are streamed out. I think people don't want to pay for another streaming service every month, which I don't know how, maybe in long term, we'll see how it impacts MLS and Apple TV. But if we start like at the end of the season, towards the end, like if they have less talent, doing matches or if they have you know less stuff is that a sign that maybe things aren't working but right now i've heard a lot of good things about it um i'm not being a negative nancy i enjoyed i I think the production value is better the announcers it sucks losing your own specific announcers but also people like their announcers to be homers they like their announcers to love their team and talk Mm -hmm. really highly about their team and you don't get that with this um, you do, you do actually. Uh, you can change well, the you audio switch feed. the rate, yeah, for home matches, yeah. for home matches, right? Yes, you can't do that for uh, yes. like crew away matches. I can't listen to Chris Dorn. I don't believe so. I think it's only one option, so it would be the home, like whoever the home radio announcer is. Yeah, I'm gonna try that this weekend. It's gonna be my appetizer for the main course of Chicago versus San Diego at 10 o'clock. So I'm gonna use the crew match as my uh, hors d'oeuvres because I'm French <laughs> like that. Uh, French and fancy. I'll give it a shot. I, I, I would like to listen to Chris because Chris is great. He's he's a good guy. Just in real life, knowing him, he's he's an all around um, groovy dude. Um, Brian, or Brian. Oh my god! That, that, oh, see? old habits die hard. It's been almost four years. I just called you Bryant. Notice okay. the T at the end. I emphasize yeah. the T. Before we get to our ask Bam questions, we're not going to talk about the Premier League. Forget about it. Real quick. Liverpool women got Tottenham's coach fired. Liverpool women beat them. Tottenham lost nine in a row. Uh, After Liverpool beat them, now they're like, okay, we need a change. So Tottenham fired their coach. Good riddance. I'm just kidding. I'm sure she was fine. Uh, Vicky Jepsen, who was an assistant coach for Tottenham, I haven't seen if she's no longer with the team. She was with Liverpool's academy for a really long time, and she was their coach for a little bit. So hopefully – Vicky is going to be able to land on her feet somewhere. If she's still on the team, that's great. But if not, hopefully she's coaching because always support those former Liverpool folks. All right, Ryan, before we get to ask Bam questions, it's time for the 4-1-F1 featuring Ryan Leg. Talk us through. It's been three races so far in the season or two? Three. It has been two races, two races. So two three races. weekends, so two, three weeks, two races. Okay, so really quick, go through the first race, but then spend a good amount of time on what just happened over the weekend in Saudi Arabia. Well, you know, in that first race, uh, that was pretty straightforward, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Max won. Um, Ooh, this is yeah. a, an anti-Max Verstappen podcast. Anyone but Max podcast. Boo. <laughs> yes, agreed. Uh, so yeah, the, the first race was Bahrain, um, which, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good circuit. I like that circuit, but it, it really, what it really is about is we got to, we got to see where the cars were. So, you know, we got the, you know, preseason testing and everything. And I, I watched that as I do every year. Um, and 
got to watch, you know, what they were doing. I was wondering what teams were holding back. If any teams were holding back, turns out nobody was holding back. Um, I thought for sure somebody was sandbagging. No, nobody was sandbagging. Everybody is pretty much exactly where they seem to be in preseason testing. So here we are, uh, of course, Red Bull back at it again, doing their thing. Um, and j- it, Thomas mentioned this earlier. I'm a longtime F1 fan. I've been watching it since 2008, which is a long time for someone in the U S just saying. Um, but I'm also a Hamilton fan. Hamilton is like, he was the guy I grabbed onto when I first started watching the sport, been a fan of him ever since. Uh, he's a fantastic dude. He's just, he's awesome. Love the guy is seven time, seven time, seven time world champion. And he deserves the eighth. Um, I thought you're going for a Booker T thing. Do you know Booker T from WCW and WWF? No, <laughs> he was like a two-time champ, like a two or three-time champion. Uh, He'd be like two-time, two-time, two-time. I thought you were going for seven-time, seven-time, seven-time. Lewis Hamilton just, champion. Just the only people my, who don't like Lewis audio. Hamilton. No, no, the only people who don't like Lewis Hamilton are Christian Horner and Max Verstappen. Everybody yeah. else in the world loves Lewis Hamilton. Well, okay, not really though. Every time I say I'm a <laughs> Hamilton fan, people are like, "Well, of course oh, you are bandwagon person." It's not that way, um, but Hamilton also is just an incredibly talented driver. So I love watching him drive the way that he actually, the way that he handles corners, the way he handles passing. He's just a very talented driver to watch anyway. So of course, Red Bull comes out of the gate uh, in Bahrain. They win max wins uh, by a pretty significant margin. Um, I, that kind of hurt. It was kind of a bummer. Um I didn't watch the first race of the season because I had other things I had to do because, you know, hashtag life. Um, but I was in Minnesota. Uh, I was in Minnesota. Yeah, you were. You were. Uh, I was I up in Cleveland um, dealing with snowy snow uh, and terribleness. Um, hmm. But anyway, so, yeah, Max comes out. He wins. Uh, that, Like I said, that that was pretty much going to be a, a given. I think this year we're going to see a lot of Red Bull at the front. But. There's and there's a huge, huge, significant sideline to this story. Yes, I think we're going to see a bunch of Red Bull at the front, but I think we're actually going to see an interesting race at the front between the two Red Bull cars. So if anybody has watched or watched F1 last year, if you paid attention to the 2022 season, there were there were at least one or two races, one specifically, and I just forget which city it was in, but uh, or which country it was in. But there was a race where Red Bull were instructing Perez, who's their other driver. They were instructing him to give the place back. They wanted Max to win. And uh, sir, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Perez was ahead of him. So uh, they didn't do that or Perez didn't want to do that. He, you know, he was fighting back against it and he eventually gave the spot. Right. So he gave that up. Then later in the season, the same exact scenario happened where Verstappen was not as fast as Perez, and it would have been the smarter deal to put Perez in front of Verstappen to for the team reasons, because otherwise Verstappen was slowing Perez down, and that means the rest of the cars catch up, right? So yeah. that's obviously not good for the team. Verstappen refused, cussed out the race engineer, and then just won the race. Which whatever, like it happened, but Where that could have that? been Perez. Was that, that wasn't Silverstone. No, he'd already won the championship no. by then. Not I by remember Silverstone. that. Not by no, no, I wasn't Silverstone where it happened, but by the time yeah. he didn't let Perez go, he had already won the title. 
Yeah, effectively. And, and that's what makes it so maddening. But then the, the thing that happened and the thing that I was thinking about this past weekend, if you watched, is that they said that they had discussions off, like out of sight behind closed doors uh, to kind of figure this out. And they said they reached an agreement. To me, that sounded a whole lot like both drivers decided I'm driving for myself and that'll benefit the team and I don't care. And they're not going to give each other spots, right? Hmm. So anyway, we get to the second race of the season. And of course, Red Bull's out there in front. Uh, Verstappen, I think, started in 13th, I want to say. 15th. 15th. And he moved from 15th all the way to second in basically no time at all. Um, But he's up there. He's doing his thing. But Perez was winning. And at a certain point, Verstappen started to complain about drivetrain issues. Perez started to complain about a brake pedal issue. And I was kind of crossing my fingers for both Red Bulls to go out. That didn't happen, of course. But but everybody thing, stays healthy. We're not wishing for accidents. Exactly. People no, hurt, no, but- no, no accidents are hurt, but car manu- car faltering and going off to the side of the road without anybody getting hurt. I'm all for it. Um, yeah. So but here, here's what happened, right? So then they get on the radio. The race engineers tell, uh, at a certain point, they tell Perez to do a certain strategy for what he's go- for what he's doing with his race. And if you don't know, F1 cars are basically gigantic computers that have all these different settings and all these crazy things you can do. And you know, sometimes if one setting is failing, you move to another one and you're fine. It all just depends, and it, it's all the controls for the different parts of the car. Well. They told Perez to change his uh, approach and he radioed back and said, yeah, but isn't Max doing this other approach, which is I, from what I've heard, technically a faster one. And they said, well, yeah. And he said, well, then never mind. I'm not doing that. So he stayed on the same strategy that Max was on. And he said, basically, basically it was a big F you that that's effectively what he did. So right. all I could think of was that race last year when they said, we, we solved it behind closed doors. Yeah, all they did was say we're racing for ourselves. So I think what we're going to get this year is two drivers that are definitely going to going to go against each other. And this reminds me uh, back when like Mercedes have had several years where they were completely dominant. But back a while back when Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton were both on Mercedes, uh, Nico Rosberg was a former world champion. Um, obviously Hamilton was a former world champion and they went into a particular season forgetting the year. Exactly. I think it might've been 2013 or 2014. Maybe I might be wrong on that, but either way they had this battle the whole season and they, they, I think they even crashed at a certain point. They wrecked each other because they were just pushing so hard. Um, nobody got hurt, but it's just, I think we're going to see something like that this year. We're going to see Perez. We're going to see Verstappen. We're going to see them going at each other. And I think that's going to be interesting to watch. And then we also have the midfield situation that is going to be really interesting to watch. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're at all a fan of, uh, F1 in any way, shape or form, I think the things that are really cool that you're going to want to pay attention to this year are going to be that Red Bull back and forth up front. In that midfield, uh, any basically anything behind Mercedes right now, I think is going to be really interesting. I think Mercedes is going to sit at about that third, fourth, fifth spot pretty much consistently all year. I don't think they're going to be in a winning strategy for most of the year, if not, if not, maybe the entire year, unfortunately. Um, but everything after that, getting getting back to where basically where McLaren's at, which is 
the back of the pack. Um, anything in between, uh, I think you're going to have a, a really good time watching those races. Um, that I, there's a lot of really cool back and forth happening there. And then you have this past weekend, Perez won. Great. Awesome. But also Fernando Alonso got third place. And then he was, didn't have third place. And then he did have third place. Exactly. So <laughs> there, there was an incident pretty early on in the race. Uh, there was a safe, there was a safety car that came out. Um, I missed this part. I, yeah, I was coming home from Cleveland, missed this part. I only got to see the second half of the race, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, that all happened during that Fernando Alonso was told that he had a penalty for violating some safety car regulations about what he was doing. So he had to serve that in the pit. So the next time he went into the pit, he had to sit for five seconds and not do anything. Nobody can touch the car that it's written in the bylaws. Well, no, nobody can member. work on the car. No, nobody can touch. I, I read it. Nobody can work on the car. That's what they said. And that's what I, they right. ended up fighting. That it, it is exactly what they ended up fighting. So what they argued during the race is, or what they were arguing back and forth with stewards and everyone was trying to make a decision was the fact that the back left, I think the back left Jack had touched the tire and they were trying to make a case that because he touched it, he was working on it. And because he was working on it, it wasn't a true five second penalty. So they somebody successfully argued this and got Christian them Horner to probably did right. Possibly Christian Horner, maybe Toto. <laughs> Toto, because George Russell moved into third. Yeah, and Mercedes benefited the most from this situation. But uh, basically, the stewards actually during the trophy ceremony announced like on the sideline that Fernando Alonso would lose his third place spot because he was given a 10 second penalty for not serving his five second penalty earlier in the race. 35 laps after it happened, 35 laps after it happened. Yeah. Which is (laughs) absolutely insane. That, that was, I have my quibbles with the FIA. They have, there have been many problems, including Max Verstappen's first world championship win year, which I won't get into now, but I could rant for probably three hours on that alone. Um, but anyway, they, they make some weird decisions. This one, I could see it, but the fact that they waited too long to actually do this was like, what are you doing? Just let it go. He obviously wasn't trying to take the tire off the car. He might've touched it, but he didn't take the tire off the car. He didn't touch the lug nut. Move on. It's not that big of a deal, but I was like, okay, I get it. He touched it. They can't really tell from the camera angle if he actually did it. Okay, whatever. But then surprising turn of events, they reversed it. Because someone made the very, very salient point that he didn't actually work on the car. He just barely bumped the tire effectively. That's all he really did. So Fernando Alonso has third again. But let's just for a second appreciate that Fernando Alonso at the age of 41, which is very old for an F1 driver. Very (laughs) old. Very. uh, I mean, that's indie car driver age like for an f1 driver no like you tap out usually at about 36 or 37 maybe 38 and that's where hamilton is actually right now but that's where most of them stop the fact that he's still driving is insane and there are theories about that that if you have me back maybe we'll talk about if he continues to be as good as he is he not really 41 
No, he's actually 41. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I can probably I know say America. Really I know America with Central American players, they'll sometimes mm-hmm. lie because they want to get them money earlier on. Like, did they lie about? I know. Then I don't know if they do the same thing in Spain. Did he lie about his age so he could race earlier? I don't know. Anyway, continue. no. If you've seen Fernando Alonso, he looks every bit of that 41. He, he's he he's 41. He looks, he looks like he's got some experience under his belt. I, I yeah. maybe for the next four one F one, you can dive into conspiracy theories about it. But he's had a, what a fourth, fifth place, and a third place so far this season. Yes, Fernando I forget what he, I, he's I forget been what he was in Bahrain. Five six, but um, for Aston Martin, that's crazy because Aston Martin has not been a good team. Like they have not been a good team. Uh, no. I don't know. They they figured out the magical code not to Red Bull levels, but could you see a year this year where it goes Red Bull, Aston Martin, Ferrari? Is that think, crazy to think of? <laughs> I think what we're more than okay. So. The thing that Aston Martin doesn't have in its corner is their other driver competing on the same level, right? Yeah, Lance Stroll so, is garbage. Yeah, he's But his terrible. daddy owns the team, so he's never going to be off the team. Correct. Uh, that is 100% accurate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and Alonso actually was third in Bahrain as well. Why, why did I forget that? Um, hang on, huh. let's see here. Oh, let's so see. the 99th yeah. and 100th podium. Week after week, yeah. after not getting a podium for how many years? A lot. Uh, two straight third place finishes. That's wild. Anyway, uh, like I said, I didn't get to watch that race, so it's not really in my brain right now. But the uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. So Alonso getting up there, like it's going to be really, it's going to be close. I think that it's going to be an interesting situation. But here's the here's the other thing. What you also have up there is Mercedes consistently finishing in that four, five, six spot, right? So you've got you've got Hamilton and Russell both scoring up there. So as it stands right now, the point situation, constructor-wise, not driver-wise, uh, Red Bulls at 87 because they finished one and two on both. So they got they got all the points they could from that. Uh, Aston Martin is second, but only because of uh, Alonso being great. Mercedes is third and Mercedes is third because they have two drivers that are up there in that top five. So that changes the math a little bit. If Alonso is the only one doing this consistently all season, it's not going to matter. Aston Martin will be third third or fourth at best. If if that happens. Um, So maybe on a future, on a future 401F1, first we need to go over the Fernando Alonso conspiracy tinfoil hat theories. Also, we need to dive in um, is Daniel Ricardo only hired by Red Bull for marketing purposes? And then the third yes. topic I'd like you to talk about, does Sergio Perez return to Red Bull in 2024? Those are all good topics, I think. Um, are they going to be like, okay, we need somebody younger who Max can just run the team because Perez has too many opinions. We don't like that. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask you those in future uh, 41F1s. I really appreciate it. Um, I always learned a ton when you talk about F1 because if you don't know Ryan, when Ryan really loves something, he is the expert on it. And I am just floored by the knowledge that he has. Um, so thank you, Ryan, for joining us and talking about it. What, there are 20 or how many more races left? Like 30 races left? Uh, how many races are there in the season? Uh, 32, 34. It's, it seems to be different every year, but uh... Uh, okay. Okay. I can Ryan. get back to you on that one. <laughs> I don't have it off the uh, top of my head. 
That's great. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our Ask Pam questions. We're going to end the show with that. And by end the show, I mean we still have a solid hour left. Uh, we're going to go through our Ask Bam questions because we ask you, the members of the hashtag Bam Fam, to provide for us content because we're not original enough and we don't have enough time to come up with it ourselves. So thank you so much for um, giving these. Usually Bryant leads this subject. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and just... Um, say whatever I want to say, because it's Brian and me. Guess who's the and me? I am. All right, let's go you. through these Ask Bam questions. We're going to start with Twitter. We're going to the Twitters first. The first Ask Bam question we had was from Homer Olson at Home Drizzy. Homer in the house. He loves golf, but we still love him regardless. Which team has the realistic best shot at taking down South Carolina in the women's basketball tournament? This is a great question. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody has a chance of taking down South Carolina. The only um, thing I can maybe see is if even then, no, I, I cannot convince myself that somebody can beat South Carolina in the NCAA women's tournament. I just think it's, um, it's hard to go against the Gamecocks. Aaliyah Boston is insane and they have surrounded her with shooters and other playmakers. I can't pick anybody. I was going to say Iowa, but Iowa's depth sucks. They are a six-player team. Caitlin Clark is the number one player by a very large margin. And if you stop Caitlin Clark, um, it'll be an it'll be an issue. It'll be an issue. Um, so Ryan, I know you're not a basketball uh, guy, so I'm going to get us into our very next Ask Bam question to talk to our buddy Felix at Felix underscore Junior. Am I allowed to put my Chicago athletes boycott on hold? Boycott. That was the word I was trying to think of earlier, Felix. Thank you so much. Am I allowed to put my Chicago athletes boycott on hold for their April 8th match against Mexico and putting the boycott back on on April 9th? So, Felix, that is a great question. I talked earlier about the Chicago Red Stars jersey. You're allowed to buy the jersey. I think that's fine. I understand, but um, the same thing applies, not but, wrong conjunction. And the same thing applies with that match between the Chicago Red Stars and the Mexico national team. I know that um, you and Jocelyn have a thing. I'm not going to interrupt that. I hope that that Chicago versus Mexico match is fantastic. And I hope you and Felix Sr. and Marion have a great time at that match. Give your parents my love. Because um, the Felix family is just fantastic. And any chance I get to hang out with you, which, by the way, uh, two weeks ago when I was driving to Minneapolis, I stopped in Chicago. And Felix and I got some, uh, got some grub. We were able to talk and chat. And that uh, it, it filled the tank, the emotional, the soul tank, not the gas tank. I had to pay for that myself. Um, and also, I'll remind everybody, driving through Chicago... I, over the last couple of years, my driver um, intensity, I'll say it. I've calmed down a little bit behind the wheel. I don't like speed as much. Certain situations, I have to like turn it on. But when I was driving in Chicago, I felt like a teenager again. I had that horn going. I was shifting lanes and stuff. It was, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. So uh, thanks, Felix, for having me. And yeah, go ahead and enjoy that Mexico versus Chicago match. That'll be a ton of fun. Brian, uh, Ryan, are you okay with lifting shuns? Are you okay with lifting boycotts for events like um, for events like this, where your favorite pro soccer team is playing your favorite national team? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Why not? Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, at all, all's fair USA. in love and soccer or whatever. <laughs> no, that completely tracks. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to buy that. Um, our buddy soccer noob, we know soccer noob. I don't know why I was saying at soccer noob USA, go listen to the soccer noob podcast. If you want to hear about um, the Madagascar premier league, or if you want to hear about the most random soccer matches and learn a lot about different countries, soccer noob is the show to listen to i love soccer noob thank you so much for always engaging with us and i was on the show a couple months ago which was a ton of fun when you get me and soccer noob talking to each other though we're both pretty long-winded we just kept going he's like okay we're gonna be about 15 minutes it was like the spongebob meme it was like four hours later it was really like 40 minutes or so but we just we egg each other on so please listen um the question was are you star seeds I'm going to go ahead and give you the honest truth. I have no idea where this question's coming from, Soccer Noob. So you're going to have to listen and then reply to me. Let me know what you're talking about because that's over my head. Ryan, do you have any guesses? I have no idea. I, I, All right. I, I don't even know that I would know enough to make an educated guess, honestly. Fair enough. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> next one I'll, I'll weigh Matt. in on anything. <laughs> At Matt Morris 220, would you be able to make it through the gauntlet that is the Wonka factory tour? Ryan, would you be able to make it through the Wonka factory tour? Yes, I absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I'd be be Charlie on the other end. That'd be great. Uh, No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to take any candy. I honestly, I have, I live with a crippling fear at all times of, of delaying someone else or causing someone else some sort of inconvenience. I I don't even like to, like, I like to let people in front of me that have a bigger bag of dog food on their shoulder than what I have at PetSmart. Like constantly, I'm always like, no, no, you go ahead, sir. And so, yeah, no, there, there's no way. Like if, if somebody told me, yeah, don't touch that. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to touch that. And then I get to the end and he'd be like, Hey, you didn't touch anything. I'd be like, yeah, here's my, here's my factory. Thanks. And that would be the end of it. So yeah. So Ryan would be crippled with fear. Yes. Crippled with fear throughout the entire thing. But is that only because you know that what could happen or are you just saying in general, you are crippled with fear in general, if I went, so I went to the rock and roll hall of fame um, and you know, other people, I saw people like reaching behind stuff to touch things. And I'm like, no, no way. There are things directly in front of me that I could probably reach out and touch. And I'm just not going to do that. So, no, that's a horrible thing. So, like I said, if somebody tells me, "Hey, don't touch a thing," I'm not going to touch the thing. Uh, yeah, never, not going to happen. I would like to say I would make it through, but um, if I was going as a kid and my dad was taking me, my dad would have probably screwed it up for both of us. So he pushed me in the chocolate river or something like that. Um, I'm fine. Yeah. So I don't know if I would make it. I don't think I would make it. Um, a hard cider or hot spice cider? Hmm, hard cider. Hard cider, but it's also deceptive because you drink, you're like, it doesn't even taste like there's alcohol in it. And then you have a few of them and you're like, there is alcohol in that. So I would do, I will also do hard cider. I don't know if I get into the hot spice cider. Whenever it comes to fall, I get into hashtag PSL season. I'm a basic PSL bitch. So um, I'll take a pumpkin spice latte over hot spiced cider 
any day. And then another question, how do you see inter-Columbus fitting into the growing soccer market of Central Ohio? Which I had a follow-up. We need context on what is inter-Columbus and do they play an Italian village? We didn't get a response on if they play an Italian village, but we did hear from Matt that they're a new amateur side playing in the UPSL, which is like the USL2, the second level of USL soccer. Matt, I'm going to have to say that my connection to the Columbus soccer scene is a little strained, I would say, from you know covering the crew and what, whatnot, but I think it's really hard to break through the Columbus market. I think people love to talk about local soccer and respecting your roots and all that, but they really only talk about it when it comes to Columbus, which is a team owned by somebody not from Columbus featuring, you know, uh, for a league that is definitely not on Columbus's side. Um, I would love to say that Inter-Columbus will get support and it'll be looked at like a local team, but the only local team that people acknowledge is the crew, which is not really a local team, if you break it down. Um, Ryan, what do you think about this topic? So I don't, I don't have enough or I don't know enough about the background of the stuff to, to say, um, mostly because like, I'm going to just bend to whatever you say, because you've spent a lot more time in it. You, you having written for it, having, excuse me, sorry, having that right. background that information on people, Ryan, <laughs> I get choked up when I talk to you. Um, oh. but you having that background information, I, you know, honestly, yeah, I would, I would have to agree. I mean, I feel like, and this this does happen in in other situations as well. Like the the secondary teams always get overlooked because the other team is the big flashy thing and people don't pay attention. I think yeah. even the uh, Capybaras, uh, unofficial unofficial name, um, even even they are you know they're they're people pay attention to them, but nowhere near you know, the, the, pro, the full team. Uh, I don't even know how many of the, you know, fans of the Columbus crew have any idea that there is a crew too. Um, so it's just, mm. you know, I, I think that there's just a shadow that gets cast, unfortunately. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much that will have an effect on anything. Honestly, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the caveats too. Yeah. That I, I think sometimes we forget that Twitter and Instagram is not real life. And whenever we see a lot of something, we think that that's the general consensus. But if you talk to normal people, and I'm, am I saying that folks who live most of their life online are abnormal? Yes, because I'm one of those people. But um, yeah, you definitely, um, Twitter is not real life. It's not. So I, I would agree with you there. Um because you even see stories on Twitter every now and again where people are like, oh, did they keep the team in Columbus? And that happened five years ago. So that um, four and a half years ago, if you want to be specific. So that's all I've got to say about that. I think the Columbus soccer market is very um, particular. There you go. That's the word I'm going to use, particular. Look at me. I like it. I, I, think, I think that that works. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, and I agree with you. I mean, even in the time that I've spent down there, uh, it does appear that it wouldn't be a whole lot of effect and you know, probably people are just going to pay attention to the crew. Um, sadly. Yeah. I will say Columbus to its credit, it's full of a mentality of I'm going to start it myself or I'm going to do it myself. And it's a lot of, it seems like a lot of individual individualism in the city, just because it is a city of transplants. They have, you have people from Columbus, but a lot of people in Columbus 
are not from Columbus. It's like Charlotte. It's like Richmond, where I worked for a while. A lot of transplants live in the city. So it, it, it has culture, but it has very frayed culture. And it has very specific culture, depending on what experience you bring to the table. And I think that kind of bleeds into um, the soccer world. But that's what I have to say. Um, uh, we got a question from G. Grant, thank you very much, G, for always providing great questions. When will BAM come to Chicago? I have no idea when both of us will come to Chicago. I think it's a stronger chance for me to come to Chicago than it is for me and Bryant to go to Chicago. But I would I would love to go there. I already just talked about hanging out with Felix. I, I want to go to a Red Stars match. Maybe once Arnhem sells the team, I will buy tickets and I will go to a Red Stars match as a fan in Chicago. Chicago. Um, that would be a lot of fun. All right, Brian Lenoy. <clears throat> These are some NWSL questions. We talked a little bit about it, but who will be the NWSL Golden Boot winner? I think Sophia Smith will be the Golden Boot winner, but I think Mal Pugh passes her up. Ryan Lake, who do you think is going to be the Golden Boot winner? I think Mal Pugh. That would hey, be my pick. There That'd we be my go. Pick. I'm not going to complain about that. And I keep saying Mal Pugh, Mal Swanson. I've said that many times yes. this episode. Mal Swanson. Um, so go back and imagine I said Mal Swanson for each one of those. Who has the best 2023 NWSL jersey? Come on. Chicago. Brian. Yeah. After seeing it, couldn't agree more. 100%. No, no yeah. jersey can be better than that. Get out of here with that garbage, Brian. You know the answer to that question. Happy about Salt Lake coming back to the NWSL. I'm fine with it. I'm glad that um, they're going to be providing medical support regardless of the laws in the state. But I, I think Utah... It's fine. I don't care. I'm never going to go to Utah to watch a soccer match, but it's fine that they're doing it. So good for them. Uh, how do you think about the Utah Royals? I think any additional team to bring more eyes on the sport is good. I, I, honestly, yeah. I, I've, I'm an optimist on all of this stuff. So the more the more action, the more you know, the more eyes on the on the sport, the better. Go if you were it. a transformer, you'd be Optimus Prime. Yes, uh, optimist, optimist prime. Optimist prime. Yes, <laughs> it's hard to say because I want to. I said optimist the first time because I'm so optimist. Prime is if Ryan was a transformer. There we yes. go. Um, so those are our Twitter questions. Thank you so much for your Twitter questions. Now let's go to the Instagram questions, which we never forget, and we always remember to do these questions uh, because we care about all the questions you ask. Half of that is not true. Um, I'll let you decide which one is the not true one. Uh, first question is from Felix again. Thank you, Felix, for always providing stuff on Instagram and Twitter because we reshare most of that content and then we get into the algorithm and hopefully more people see it. Felix says, happy late St. Patrick's Day. What are your favorite Irish things? Katie McCabe is my is mine. So Ryan, what are your favorite Irish things? Uh, my favorite Irish things. Uh, actually, I think you were drinking one earlier. Conway's Irish Ale. Love a Conway's Irish Ale. Uh, there, I was drinking a, one earlier, and then I was drinking another one earlier than that. So yeah, there you go. Was... Um, no, uh, that that would be great. Um, and and I'm gonna say, even though technically it's Scottish, but it's close. Scotch. I like Scotch a lot. Uh, okay. But. It, but for Irish, you know, I really, really like the Conway's Irish Ale. It's pretty great. Um, and uh, I like mint-based things. So I guess a shamrock shake, kind of. I don't know. 
but ultimately I'm all for sh- oh, no. I'm all for shamrock shake. I'm not going to judge shamrock shake. I think it's um as delicious as you can get fast food McDonald's food. But my favorite Irish thing is Thomas Costello. Oh, Ryan. This uh, guy, we didn't plan this. I'm not joking nope. either. We didn't plan this. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Ryan. Yes, I do have a touch of Irish in me. My family is from from the Mother Island. So um, I would love to go there one day. Fingers crossed. Toesies crossed as well. Some of my favorite things. I Every St. Patrick's Day, I make corned beef. I really like making that. I just make it the one day a year because I don't want to, you know, ruin it by making it too much. I, I do enjoy a glass of Guinness. If I go out to a bar who can properly pour the Guinness, um, I would say my family, but that's a, that's a definitely complicated answer there. Um, I, uh, I love my immediate family. I love them. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the Irish stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll pick a couple of Liverpool players too. Uh, Niamh Fahey and Megan Campbell both Liverpool women's players who are on the Ireland national team. I'm considering buying an Irish national team kit for the world cup this summer because they have a new icon. They have a new logo icon. What the hell am I talking about? I they have a new logo, a new crest, and it's pretty cool. So I might buy myself finally an Ireland kit this summer. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, You're not going to get a Celtic kit. No. No, that's Scottish. That's from Scotland. Oh, okay, fine. fine. I'm not getting into the whole Rangers versus Celtic thing because it's like a religious mm. war, Protestant versus Catholic, and uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Um, Robbie Rogers. Robbie Rogers. Why does Thomas hate SEC women's basketball teams? Robbie Rogers. First of all, how dare you? Second of all, I don't hate SEC teams. I just think that the SEC is highly overrated as a conference and after South Carolina, the gap between uh, the, the talent gap between South Carolina and the second team in the conference, which right now is either Tennessee or LSU. It's a big old gap. It's a steep gap between those teams. And then everything after LSU and um, Tennessee is not great, is not great. So SEC is a one team uh, one trick pony with SEC. Don Staley. I love Don Staley. I love Aliyah Boston. I love the SEC game, uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks in the SEC. But honestly, after that, um, I'm selling. I'm selling after after South Carolina. So I don't hate the SEC. You're just mad because I'm not um, a Kim Mulkey apologist like you are with the LSU Tigers. Um, so um, shove that in your pipe and smoke it, Robbie. How about so much apples? shade? It's not shit. It's just, all right. So this complicated relationship, Robbie, we've been friends with Robbie for a few years through the podcast. He goes to LSU and I love Robbie because when Robbie is into something, he is into it. Like he puts his heart and soul into it and he loves it. And I, I love people like that. I like people like Ryan. I talked earlier about F1. When Ryan is into something, he's into something. Whenever Robbie's into something, he is also into something to a fault. I think that he, blindly supporting some folks is not the best idea. And I just think LSU's coach Kim Mulkey is one of those people. But Rob, uh, Robbie actually knows her at a personal level now at this point. Like he texts their family. They text each other 
they're actually friends and stuff like that. So you know what, Robbie, you're you're a great person. Hopefully you can rub off on them because I, I think that that's definitely something that could happen. Ooh, fired up. Um, get me talk about basketball and I can, oh, I can go. I can go. Um, another question. This is from Bryant. Uh, Bryant Legend Lepic up there in Ypsil or Ipsa, Ipsy, because I'm from Ipsy and I know how to say it without sounding like a tourist. Ypsilanti. It's not Ypsilanti, folks. It's Ipsy. Also, on your own time and not on a work computer, Google the Ypsilanti water tower. That's all I'm going to say. Google the water tower. He asked the question to rate one through five. Jersey Mike's, Firehouse Subs, Subway, Jimmy John's, and Quiznos. Rate them one through five. One being the best, five being the worst. Ryan, go ahead and start us off. Five would be Quiznos. Four would be Subway. Uh, let's see. I, I got to go. Number one's got to be Jersey Mike's. Um, like 100% has to be Jersey Mike's. And then what, what were the other two? One more time. Because I, I Firehouse, Firehouse Subs, Jimmy John's, Quiznos, okay. and Subway. Gotcha. So definitely Jersey Mike's, Firehouse. Um, and then, uh, yeah, after that, yeah, basically everything, everything else. But Subway and Quiznos are by far the worst. I would say uh, Jersey Mike's number one, Firehouse number two, and then uh, Jimmy John's number three. Huh. Okay, um, I have a slightly different choice. This one's not going to be popular because the owner of this company um, is a piece of crap. But also, the the bread is so good. I'm going to put, just for taste, not morals or ethics, just for taste, I'm putting Jimmy John's at number one. I think just the bread is great. I'm fine with the freaky fast. They don't ask me a ton of questions. They're not like, hey, do you want, you know, do you want to toast it? What cheese do you want? What bread do you want? They're like, tell me the number and I'll make it. And when I go to a place like that, I'm not looking for the best of culinary art. I'm now, looking now, for. Now, to be fair, Jersey Mike's does it the same way. You can walk up and say, I want this number and I want it this size and they go make it. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But they do like they carve the meat in front of you and stuff. Like I that takes time. It's fresher. And I like their bread better. So we disagree all the all the way down here. Yeah, I, I let you peacefully go through your one through five. <laughs> as wrong as it might be. I let you go through it. Okay. So one for me is Jimmy John's. Two right. for me is Jersey Mike's. Three for me is Quiznos. I okay. just, I, they, they shut most of the Quiznos down in Ohio. So I haven't been to a Quiznos in so long. So maybe it's one of those things where like a player retires and every year you're like, man, they were so much better. And every year their legend grows. I think Quiznos legend has grown on me. So it's number three. So we're doing Jimmy John's Jersey Mike's Quiznos. I'm putting firehouse at four. I've been to firehouse once, maybe twice. I was not impressed. What did you I have? just wasn't. I don't even remember. Right. Okay. I can't remember it. I can't remember what sandwich I had at Firehouse. That was like three years ago. I will. I just didn't like it. Get a hot sub. Get, get a get a hot sandwich there next time. I you always go. a cheesesteak. Always toast. Except for Jimmy John's because 
give me the veto and just let me get out of there. Come on, let's go. That's what I get there too. Um, but no, just just go there, get a cheesesteak, and then eat it and tell me you don't like it. It their their stuff is fantastic. It's great. That's actually Allie's number one. If we were asking Allie Ooh. this question, uh, her number one would be Firehouse. Jersey Mike's would follow that, and then uh, Jimmy John's after that. So Amy would say, um, Amy would say Quiznos. She actually really loved Quiznos whenever they had them because she, um, uh, I, I love her. But once she likes one thing on a menu. That is the only thing she will ever get from that restaurant. So Quiznos, she liked these like little, these pockets. I don't know what they are. These little pockets or something like that. I don't know what they called them, a very specific name, but she loved them and she always got them. So um, uh, I love her. So I have nothing else to say about that. Um, All right. So we didn't agree with that and that's okay. Uh, Reasonable people. As our my good friend Pete Gillette will always say, reasonable people can disagree. I think that's a great response that people should have on things whenever they don't agree with somebody. It's like, you know what? Sometimes people don't disagree and you can live life and move on with it. So shout out to Pete. I'm sure he's listening. And then um, Ryan, last question is from AK Costello 678. Um, Amy Costello, she wants to know, give your very detailed thoughts on Scandalval. Do you know what Scandalval is? No. What is that? Okay. No so, idea. I love my wife very much. I would never search these shows out myself, but they draw me in. They just suck me in. These really trashy reality shows. My wife loves watching like the Real Housewives and stuff. If you haven't watched Real Housewives, it's women usually between their 40s and their like 30s and their 50s, sometimes early 60s. And just the, you know, we're really rich and we're really, you know, awful people. Most of the time I watch a show and I just hate everything that's happening in the show. Well, there's a show called Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules is based off of a restaurant that Lisa Vanderpump, a former Real Housewife, she owns restaurants. And they made a reality show like The Real Housewives, but they're late teens and in their 20s. And they have too much money and they're on TV and they all think that they're the best people in the world. And it's a train wreck. This show is awful. But it's one of those shows too, when Amy has it on and I'm in the room or if I'm doing something else, like I put my phone down, I put the other stuff down, I'm just watching it. And I'm just judging. And I just, and she's like, <laughs> I feel better about myself. That's why I watch these shows, just because it makes me feel better. Well, let me tell you what happened recently. Tom and Ariana, Tom Sandoval and Ariana, they have been dating. They've agreed they're not going to get married, but they have been dating for, God, I want to say nine or 10 years. Like they're in an official long-term relationship. Well, we just found out like a month ago that he has been cheating on her with somebody else on the show. And it's this person, okay, this is going to really, it bugs me. So it's going to bug you, Ryan. Her name is Raquel, but she's from like the Midwest and her actual real name is Rachel, but she moved (laughs) to LA and started calling herself Raquel. Oh boy. And she is a conniving and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, Tom is also a piece of garbage. He's an idiot. He's a moron. But um, 
she has been going after dudes that have been going out with other people. And this has rocked the entire Vanderpump universe. And I am completely sucked into it. I am completely <laughs> like it's on Wednesday nights. I'm going to be watching it Wednesday night. I'm going to see what happens next in the, in the scandal of all, um, in the scandal of all drama. And I, it's a car crash. It is, it is a car crash and I am rubbernecking the entire way through it. Um, there was just a clip and we watched Chris Farron live, the musical yeah. artist. He's great. His personality is hilarious. He puts on a really great live show by himself. He does amazing. Um, it's like a rock show, but it's just him. He just posted something on Instagram, which Amy loved because it was a crossover. She was not expecting this, but he posted a, a clip from it. And it's a preview from later on this season. Because while the when the cheating was found out, they brought the cameras back and they're like, we're recording now for another few weeks. And so, and so they had a trailer for the rest of the season. And he's in the kitchen of the house they own together. And he was like, uh, do you need anything? And her reply was, for you to kill yourself. <laughs> and Chris, Farron, Chris Farron posted it on Instagram. And Amy loved it. I loved it because I knew what was happening. And also, every time I watch his reality shows, in my head, I like to peg one person as the sane person on the show. The person that's closest to a normal human and that's the person who's cheated on. So I think that's why I feel like I care more about it. If it was one of the other crazy people, I probably wouldn't have cared as much. I would have been like, oh, that sucks. Well, you're all stupid. But this person was the sane one. Ariana is the sane one. So um, if you're watching any of the Vanderpump rules and you want to get involved, <laughs> please talk to us on the Brian Me socials because I'll be watching and I will have opinions. Ryan, <laughs> now I have a question for you that is not on any of the Ask Bam questions, not on any of the sure. social medias. How much less do you respect me after I just broke down an entire Vanderpump Rules drama with you? Please. Uh, no, not less at all. Uh, mostly oh. because I, I I think that everyone should be allowed to like the things that they like. Um Oh, I, like, I, I mean, I have my, my things. I'm going to, I'm going to see Taylor Swift, uh, which is I weird did for turn a person down who listens one. to mostly metal. So yeah, it's an odd choice. Um, but uh, also I'm really into ghost hunting shows for some unknown reason. And my wife makes fun of me endlessly for it. I don't think anyone should make fun of anybody for the things that they like. You just like the things you like and enjoy your life. That's what I say. Enjoy the things you like. Go for it. Watch the watch the trashy show that I probably never watch, but you can enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would never turn it on myself, but if it's on, I will watch it. And now I want to know. I want to know what's going to happen next. And I hope this dude gets the crap beat out of him. (laughs) I, I. I was looking at some stuff about it while you were, while you were saying it and he doesn't look like a very good person. So I'm like with you on that. Yeah, and he gives yeah. everybody named Thomas a bad name and I can't, I can't let him do that. I can't let Tom Sandoval do that to the, the inner sanctum of Thomas's. So not on my watch, bub. He looks like a guy who, when he was younger, really wanted to be Johnny Depp. So then he grew up and tried to look as much like Johnny Depp as he possibly could. And it's just not working. It's it just, just looks it trash. looks he just looks like trash. Looks bad. 
It looks bad. It looks it looks trashy. Yeah. Um all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to Brian. You didn't think we were gonna be talking about Vanderpump rules tonight, but that's the <laughs> diversity that is Brian me. We'll talk about everything and anything. Thank you, hashtag BAMFAM, for all your questions tonight. And also, Ryan, thank you so much for just hanging out tonight and chatting and chit-chatting. Um, we do have another podcast called the Merch Booth Podcast. You can call it, find it at Merch Booth Pod. Um, we do episodes on concerts. We have to record another one because we went to a concert just a week ago. We can have go. We can, so? yeah friday so we're recording this on a tuesday night it was the friday not the last friday the friday before that so it's yes. been about a week and a half yeah uh we need to record that because that was a really fun concert um mostly four bands on a ticket is too much if you're not at way a festival four bands on a ticket is way too much we'll talk about yeah. that um for sure but uh, ryan where can folks the good folks of the bam fam find you uh, i know you're not on twitters anymore but you're on the instas and you're on mastodon right I sure am. Uh, so I am at underscore our leg on Instagram and I am at our leg at mastodon.social on the mastodons. So you can find me there if you so choose. Uh, I talk, I, most of the stuff I talk about is uh, either F1 uh, Premier League or technology or InfoSec. That's most of it. Or music. Sometimes pictures music. of dogs and sometimes music. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, true. It, you know. <laughs> Instagram is great. You're on a, a trek now to post a picture every day, and you're posting. I'm lots failing, of the by the way. I'm failing more than I'm posting, I'm but you're two days behind right now, and it's horrible. Oh. And I feel I feel a personal pressure that I'm two days behind. It's terrible. Well, I've added no stress pressure, to my life for 2023. For you to post. <laughs> no, you've. But considering we're in March now, it's pretty impressive. I think I posted three things on my wall. I do a lot in the stories. That's where. I live because I post articles that I don't think anyone's reading, but that's okay. I don't look at the stats. I don't write it for you. Um, I do kind of. Anyway, well, listen to Brian <laughs> me also at Brian me on Twitter at Brian me on Instagram. We're on both of those. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter. We do stuff on Instagram too. You can follow me at the number one Thomas Costello. That is just one Thomas Costello, no underscores or anything like that. T-H-O-M-A-S-C-O-S-T-E-L-L-O. I'm on the Instas. I'm on the Twitters. I'm writing everything about basketball right now, and I'm loving every second of it. I think I'm up to 250 articles this year, this season, just for Ohio State basketball. 250. So it's been going strong. Um, I SB Nation has been shutting down sites. They shut down Massive Report, every MLS site. Um, I drove, I ended up calculating, I drove over 3,700 miles this year for Ohio state games away and home combined. Um, and I pay for all out of my own pocket. So I'm trying to go to Seattle. That's probably not going to happen. I'm not putting a lot of eggs in this basket, but I did send a proposal to SB nation. So even though I'm no, I'm going to get a no, um, like the editor of my site said, Hey, at least it'll give me something else to be mad about for the site. <laughs> I did ask them for a thousand dollars to be able to fly me and lodge me in Seattle and I would pay for the rest. So I'm waiting for that. No, if they say yes, I'll be going to Seattle this weekend to cover the sweet 16. So if you want to get into basketball or if you already are, you should uh, read some of the stuff that I post on my socials. Um, what else do we usually talk about in this closing? Brian usually does this. That's why right now it's not very succinct. Oh yeah. Tell people about the pod if you want. 
tell people about Brian and me. Go listen to the Tana Malazzo episode. It's really great. Um, we yeah. really enjoy making the pod. It was a great interview. Um, but just in general, we enjoy making this podcast. Tonight, Ryan stepped in at the last second, uh, at the 11th hour. I think it was 4 o'clock. I was like, hey, do you want to record tonight? Um, so thank you for stepping in in a few hours like that. Uh, we'll be back here soon to record another episode. But uh, always take care of yourselves, folks. If you are going through stuff, make sure you're talking to somebody, somebody professional. If that is not something that you're able to do, if you're not able to afford that, something like that, reach out to a trusted friend. Hell, reach out to us. Our messages are always open. And we love you all. And we want to at least be a listening board if you need it for the things going on in your life. But we always leverage the professional side, please. Go professional if you can, because those are the folks who are really there trained to do it. But we will always be a listening ear for all of you because we care about you and all of you are very important. Very important. Um, so thank you all. We love you all. And adios. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ryan. <laughs>